Welcome back, PriceFile Nation. This is your host, Mike. So here's the story with this one. In fall of 2017, Matt and Mega from Keto Connect asked me to be on one of their first podcasts. They have a huge YouTube following, but they're finally getting into the audio realm. And now that we're getting into audio feeds, I'm posting this here as well. This was recorded over Skype on video, and the video actually never saw the light of day, so I'm also posting this over to our YouTube feed. And so on the description there, as well as on the accompanying blog post, we're gonna have the citations to all the things I'm talking about in this video. Now there's a couple of disclaimers I gotta make. First off, uh, I do a ketone test during the video and I'm not sure if we actually say the numbers, but uh, I was testing beta alanine. My ketones started at 1.7 millimole and 45 minutes later, they shot up to 2.4 millimole. I don't think that's a really good representative test of beta alanine because it is a glucogenic amino acid. And the fact is that when you're doing one of these podcasts, you are just burning energy like crazy uh, when you are a little bit stressed or when you're uh, uh, slightly anxious or nervous. That could also alter blood sugar levels and ketone levels. And so I think I was just burning tons of energy and uh, my, my body just started burning off ketones. I got way into the fast during this. And so overall, uh, later on, I tested beta alanine and it did turn out to be a, a slightly glucogenic amino acid for me. And it took down the ketones a little bit. But in this video, I was just going so crazy that it, uh, that's not what happened. So that test really doesn't apply. And that's why when I'm doing a blood sugar and ketone test, I like to just take the product and just sit here for 30 or 45 minutes not doing anything, not exercising, not really getting all worked up because things can change really easily. Second, in this interview, you're gonna hear me talking about plans to test this and test that. And if you follow our YouTube channel, obviously a lot of that never happened. Now, the reason being is shortly after we had did this podcast, we had our daughter here and uh, that kind of just threw my whole keto diet and like exercise routine kind of out the window. Honest truth is that uh, when we were going through some sleep deprivation moments, uh, I crave sugar like crazy when I'm low on sleep and I was literally eating chocolate chips by the handful and keto kind of went out the window for a little while. Uh, in addition, my, the honest truth is my alcohol consumption went up a little bit. So we, uh, yeah, I didn't really get into the keto world, but things have really leveled out for me now. And I will be planning on getting back into that and hope to interview more keto researchers and people in that community on this channel from, from here on out. And so um, you're going to hear a little bit of, of puffery that, that didn't actually happen here. Other than that, I'd like to thank Matt and Mega for allowing us to post this to our YouTube channel and to our audio feed as well. Their cookbook is now out, so we'll uh, on our blog post, we'll have to make links to that. You'll have to go check that out. They're an awesome, awesome pair, and they're doing great things. So hopefully you enjoy. Hopefully you can play this at like 1.25x or 1.5x because it is long. Thank you so much. Welcome to Price File. All right, we are here with Mike Roberto, the founder of PricePlow.com, which is a supplement price comparison website. They have a good blog on there too. He's recently got into the keto diet and he's really into testing different supplements, how it interacts with keto. That's why we found him and that's why we wanted to have him on today. How's it going, Mike? Can you tell us, can you tell us a little bit about your like background starting the company, PricePlow.com, and how you found keto? Absolutely, yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I love your channel, as does everyone else here, so super excited to be here. Um, 
So, right, I, I'm like yourself, I'm actually an engineer by trade and uh, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and I got into the whole idea of sports nutrition uh, because I was playing water polo at Ohio State and I was looking for uh, a five pound tub of optimum nutrition, 100% whey protein, and Google is a mess and I was going and trying to save a dollar, you know, and pouring, poor college budget style. And um, I was like, there's gotta be a better way of doing this. And so that was in the early 2000s. And then finally in 2007, I finally started programming Priceplow and launched it in 2008. Kind of realized, you know, version 1.0 was terrible and everything, but I had enough success on a couple other side projects. I was able to quit my job and go fully self-employed in 2010. And uh, that's, you know, there was ups and downs, of course. And eventually we, re re we revamped the whole site and uh, really started blogging seriously in 2013 and uh, on our blog we love to like cite sources and kind of tell it as it is and so the idea between, behind Priceplow is that it's a price comparison and deals website for nutrition products and uh, supplements and protein powders and the like and so we mainly deal with sports nutrition side of things and so yeah, a lot of the uh, the more pre-workout supplements energy supplements body bodybuilding gear uh, not gear itself but you know the uh, sports nutrition side uh, for for muscle building but obviously as you, as you can tell i'm not a massive guy and i never really uh plan to be i'm a little bit older now it's not going to happen you know and so um when i started working on the site i started looking at other blogs and i found mark's daily apple which i'm sure a lot of people know about mark sisson and uh you know he had the primal blueprint coming out and he had an article about insulin resistance where he uh basically just laid it out it's an incredible article it's like mark's daily apple slash uh slash diabetes and i was like oh my i I'd just gotten back home from cleveland ohio i got italian american family tons and tons of carbs like pigging out all all you know week long and i was like a train wreck for 15 days or so. And I was like, you know what, this Mark, this Mark guy's got a point. I'm gonna take his 30 day challenge. Went full paleo and didn't come out of that for like three and a half years. And so I, I've, I've been very connected to the paleo community, but slowly started you know, getting a little bit out of it and as I was working more in price plow. And so uh, we got more into that area, but I've always like had an eye on the whole keto thing and um, and I honestly regret not not moving into it sooner, but really it's some of these keto supplements that got me into back into it. And I was like, you know what? This is actually a supplement that I can actually test. You know, when we're giving, we have a, a YouTube channel, not even nearly as big as yours, but we got like 5,000 subs and we do like pre-workout supplement reviews, but it's kind of tough to, it's tough to be like, it's tough to give a good review because you're like, oh yeah, it had energy, it had a lot of caffeine, of course it felt good. It's tough to really give a solid, solid review. But with some of these keto supplements, guess what? I can actually test my blood with a Precision Extra and uh, you know, I can check my fasted blood sugar. I'm about 15 and a half hours fasted right now. And then the ketones. And so you can find out what, uh, you know, does this product really live up to what it says? And I quickly caught one that actually really, really, really did not. And, uh, Pretty, I, I'm upset about it. I was upset about it because it's a product that's dedicated. It's, it's got the word keto in it. But I started researching what's up with this supplement because there are a few things in there that should induce a state of ketogenesis or, you know, you know, at least keep your blood sugar the same or lower. And then those ingredients should uh, allow you to produce more ketones in your blood. I had the exact opposite effect. And so I've already had like quote unquote success in having reviews that I could actually do. And so that's what I love about it. But the fact is I, I had so much success on, on the paleo diet. Uh, low carb is my thing anyway. So I, I think I'm in for the long haul really. And so I'm three, I'm three months into keto. 
loving it. And now, so what I'm doing is I'm going through every ingredient in that supplement and I'm testing one by one, like what's this gonna do? What's this gonna do? And you start understanding the uh, the science behind it. And just so everyone knows, I'm, I'm obviously not a doctor. So, you know, and I like to say, what happens to me is not necessarily going to happen to you, but we all have livers that function basically the same way. So, uh, so there's a good, I, I, what I'm starting to do is I'm starting to build up a roadmap of what supplements really work for someone who's in keto and is serious about it. And no one needs to be as serious as me, but this is kind of like my job for now is, uh, I'm trying to put together a list of ingredients that are good to stay, stay, uh, good to take and then bad and the ones that you should stay away from. And I've already kind of got that list going. And really uh, the, the basic idea is obviously, you know, we wanna, we wanna stay in ketosis and we wanna keep our blood sugar lower. And <clears throat> there's certain amino acids, Wikipedia has a great page. And I, oh, by the way, um, if we ever post this to YouTube or whatever, I will, uh, I will cite all the sources because I'm not a doctor or anything. I'm happy to cite all the sources because I get a little bit into it here, as you can tell. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Wikipedia has a basic page about the glucogenic amino acids. And so a lot of the amino acids, they actually, some of them taste like sugar they, and they convert to sugar. And so you might think, oh, this is like a quote unquote protein, it's an amino acid. Well, in, in, in terms of its effects, it actually does, you know, it's actually very similar to taking a sugar. And those were two of the amino acids that were in this supplement um, were alanine and glycine. And so, uh, and there was a lot of it in there and it was so much that it was overwhelming the MCT oil that was in that supplement. And, uh, and the BHB salts, which we'll definitely get into in this phone call. And so that's where I realized, okay, whoa, I'm onto something. I'm able to like legitimately do reviews here and I love this stuff. So this is, uh, this is where I'm going and this is where I'm taking my portion of Price Plow uh, for the time being. And so we're gonna have like all the keto supplements listed and I have a you know, page, which ones are good, which ones are bad, which ones may or may not be worth the money depending on your budget. And so, uh, I, I think before I, I go any further with like kind of what we do, I'd like to quickly explain that the way PriceLab works is that it's it's an affiliate based uh, business model where if I send you to Amazon anything you buy there, whether it's a, a keto supplement or a, a flat screen TV, we get a commission off of it. And so, um, but what's cool is that we compare prices from over 50 stores on the site and we and it works with any brand any type of product so the honest honest to god truth is i don't care what you buy but i want you to get a good deal on it and um you know kind of by nature of the site the way we show the lowest prices it actually kind of lowers our commissions so it's really like more of a volume play and I, i'm totally cool with that so it's really all about getting information out there and getting the trust of the users and hopefully eventually you'll want to be like uh you know this is a great protein powder i want to sign up for deal alerts on it and then we'll our system emails you if we found a, a next best price drop and so that's kind of how it works, but it allows me to be very agnostic. And just the way I'm very principled is that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be here shilling the uh, the keto supplement that's five dollars a pop, for instance. Like, and you know, there's people making good money on that. Not gonna be me, but um, I'm very opinionated. So yeah, that's kind of how the model works. So you got to realize that. Um, I am very pro supplement when it works and when it makes sense, but you'll see that I'm gonna recommend like, here, Now Foods, it's a, it's a low cost brand you can get on Amazon and some of the stuff's like five bucks. So it's not, you know, the, the 50 cent commission's not gonna break the bank or anything. So that's kinda how it all works. Um, but one thing I know that you guys found me with uh, by doing these supplement reviews, so I, I think that's it's awesome. If you'd like, we can test out one ingredient right now and see where I'm at, like kind of live. If, yeah. Okay. Let's do it. What so, do you got? So, um, have you guys ever done blood testing with your ketones? We we no. have never done a ketone blood test. Actually, we need to get that. We have a blood glucose monitor, and we also have the breath ketone. Right. Meter. And I haven't tried that. And I've, 
I've uh, I have the so when I started doing this, I started with the the pee sticks and, uh-huh. and uh, there's a lot of a lot of hate, not hate, but like a lot of constructive criticism coming from our Facebook crew. And we have a great Facebook following, not as big as yours, of course, but like I, I love I love our fans and they they tore into me a little bit. They're like, dude, you need to get blood tests or you need to yeah. like stop doing yeah. this. And so I was like, all right. Then I went and bought this stuff. And so what happens is right now I'm fasted. My first thing I always do is I, um, I guess let's just start from scratch. This is the tool that is the, uh, what you use to stab yourself. It's the lancet. I call it the stabber. And so yeah. um, it has different settings. I'm at number five because I have kind of thick skin and it'll stab you a little bit harder if you need to get more blood out. And unfortunately, the ketone tests do require a little bit more blood than the glucose test. So I, you gotta stab yourself pretty hard. But I put this in and then screw off the cap. And I don't know if you can see it, but there is a stabber on that. I'm not sure where that's focusing. What are you paying for the ketone test strips these days? That's and so I like monitor a- them with price plow. I'm actually, this is what you call dog fooding in the computer uh, <laughs> software industry. I'm eating my own dog food. Um, they're, they're not cheap. So the blood glucose tests are like maybe a buck, I don't know, a dollar a pop, maybe a little bit less. Uh, the ketone tests nearly get to $2 a piece. So yeah. all these reviews I'm doing, by the end of this whole thing, I'm going to... I'm gonna have spent like well over a thousand dollars just on this stuff, and that's fine because it's you know it's a business expense. It's what you do, and uh, and so they are at pricebottle.com/slash-like-precision-dash-extra, where it's spelled X-T-R-A, and yep. uh, and it's actually made by Abbott. It's a legitimate you know pharmaceutical company, and so let's just do, let's give myself a pop here. So I put the cap back on here. It goes one of these two ways. There we go. And if you guys are wondering, this is a lot of what he does on YouTube. He does this for different supplements, different ingredients. So you can find this on his YouTube channel. It's really cool. I've watched a bunch of the videos already. And yeah, it's cool that you're putting together this awesome keto resource of just like a master list of supplements. Oh, thank no you. No one's really done that yet, yeah. I feel well, like. And that's, that's the thing is I think, um, I think, you know, not everyone's gonna respond exactly like me. And of course, this is an experiment of one. You have to realize this is not a placebo controlled, peer reviewed, blah, blah, blah. But I do come in fasted and I don't eat anything for the 45 minutes. And I've kind of chosen 45 minutes as my before and after time. And so, yeah, I was like, you know, no one's doing this. And there's this supplement out there with a bunch of these like glucogenic amino acids. Like someone's gotta at least say something. And I hope they reformulate, they will. I, I'm, I'm confident they will. Are we but, not naming names? It's BPI Sports' Keto Aminos. Yeah, I'm on the, the edge of my seat. I was like, what supplement is he talking about? And I'm friends with these guys. It's like, I, 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 there's the product tastes great. Don't get me wrong. Like, Review-wise, it tastes great, but it's just like these guys who formulate it, you can't just take an old, you can't just take your old supplement formula and throw it at the keto market. We mm-hmm. have different functioning bodies. We are using an alternative fuel source, like literally. And so yeah. you can't just uh, do the same thing. And I think it'll be a lesson learned, but I know, I know that stuff sells well. And... I figure to me, it's like, if I'm testing these, I gotta be honest. And I, I like the guys, I talked to a few of them, I've had phone calls and uh, and so it's just, uh, it's unfortunate that this, it was rushed to market and they were first to market and that, that's an important thing, but you still gotta do it right. And it's like $50 of equipment, you know, just yeah. A, yeah. a little bit of Wikipedia level research and you're like, oh yeah, we need to get the glycine out of this product, you know? And so they will, their, their pre-workout already looks like it's a little better formulated. So the trick is, and I, honestly, I feel for diabetics who have to do this all the time because it's not, it's not painful, but it's like uh, to stab yourself all the time, it's annoying. And so yeah. Yeah. the trick is you're supposed to get yourself like kind of on the side because you have less nerves there, but I, I kind of just go all in, but I like to be prepared before I start. So I open up the, uh, the wrapper here. And so this is the end that's gonna stick in the Precision Extra. And, and when, uh, when you stick it in, it then takes a second and loads and asks for the blood. And that's where we put the drop of blood on the other end. 
And so let me get prepared here. So you're about 16 hours fasted, you were saying? Now yes. you do that pretty routinely? That's what fasting? I'm finding is working best for me. So yeah, I'm doing the intermittent fasting. The thing is, my eating window is like eight hours and um, kind of like, it's almost like seven and a half hours after I finish the supplement review and clean up and close down the, the camera. And uh, I'm not getting enough calories in. It's the second meal out of that, uh, that that's failing me. So I we'll see where I end up. I, I'm still, I've kind of got my macros, kind of figured out what I need to do. And then now I'm working and we're gonna talk a lot about the electrolytes cause I'm, I'm like a little bit too passionate about what's going on with that. There's some funny things, <laughs> um, but I still need to perfect the eating window a little bit for myself. But yeah, the intermittent fast is working. I know you guys did like the three day fast and everything. Yeah, four yeah. day. Um, I well, was four, listening oh. to one of your videos. You, uh, what, what are you doing for like calorie intake? You seem to be a pretty slender guy. Yeah, You're so like 2,800 or something? Yeah, so I'm six feet, 185 pounds. And okay. it depends on the training because I swim. And when I'm swimming, it's like, whew, you know, you got to eat a lot. And so okay. 2,800, I'm still losing a little bit. Uh, 2,900 calories is where I like to be, but it's tough to do an eight, eight, uh, eight hour window. So I'm going to be making some of my own fat bombs just like, uh, yeah. like you that have. That really go. helps with getting the calories in. Have you found your uh, calorie intake can be a little bit higher on a keto diet? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. Calories, just a calorie? Uh-uh. No <laughs> way in hell. Once you're in once you're in ketosis, I think a lot of the rules go out the window, and I, I don't believe that for a minute anymore because uh, on a carb-based diet, I need to say a 2,600, like pretty, pretty tight. For me, like 2,900, I'm still trending down on weight a little bit. So uh, absolutely, at the window – the, yeah, the, the difference is, is probably bigger than what I'm making it out to be in, in all reality. So, all right, people are probably waiting. Let's just do this. Let's... Yeah. Okay, so, if you, oh, by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to see blood. If you don't like blood, turn away, all that. So, boom, a little bit of stab, and then I squeeze it. There's my blood. And so now it's the race is on to, before I – and that's what it's asking for. Is it asking for blood yet? Okay, there. Yeah. Now yes. I put the blood in. And this is a, this is a blood ketone test? Blood oh, this glucose. Is glucose. I got it. And then while that's waiting, I try to squeeze out some more blood, and I might need to. So what's my blood glucose at? I'm at 90, which I, I like to be in the 80s, but that's not horrible. And I might need to stab myself. I don't get enough blood going for this ketone one, so or I'm squeezing out a little bit more. You don't want to waste the ketone test. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. This, I've made that. It's a $2 mistake. So... Fasted blood sugar at 90. I've been uh, I've been as low as 70. So it's kind of funny how it works. And I noticed this. I've said this on the YouTube channel. When I eat the, the the evening before, if I eat spinach and coconut oil, undoubtedly every single time my blood sugar is lower the next morning. That's something interesting. About, something about greens. I'm going to be testing all this stuff. I'm going to say that 100 times in this call. But I will be testing. So it's asking for the ketones uh, for the blood. And put that in there. Need a bit more. It's got it. <laughs> Excuse me there. But... um. So this takes 10 seconds. But yeah, without a doubt, something about leafy greens lowering blood sugar for me. And so I'm gonna run some, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a way to do some sort of experiment there. Whoa, okay, I am hot, I'm, this is the highest I've ever had in- 1.7? 1.7, this is the highest I've ever had, like quote unquote, uh, fasted sober. So I'm kind of bouncing off the walls here. Now what we're <laughs> gonna do is I, so two of the glucogenic amino acids are glycine and alanine. And so alanine, uh, it's really simple. The alanine cycle, you give your liver, you give your liver, uh, you give your liver alanine, it gives you back glucose. It's like that simple. It's not, not a crazy thing. And so 
But the question is, what about beta alanine? Because this isn't a lot of pre-workout supplements, it's supplements in general. And this is a, a precursor. It helps your body produce more carnosine, which helps flush out the lactic acid and I think other types of acids in your muscle. And so there's some studies that show it's got some muscular endurance that benefits. So what we do on the channel, and you're going to start seeing some of the branched chain amino acids, right? Eat these powders and they don't always taste good. So <laughs> this one I know isn't too bad though. So the, the standard dose is 3.2 grams for a daily dose of beta alanine. So that's what I measured here already. You'll have to trust me that it is. And so I just go to town. He's eating the beta alanine. You kind of, yeah, you kind of got to chew it. I don't know. I haven't figured it out. He's taking it like a champ. <laughs> so yeah, this is in a lot of pre-workouts. It helps with like muscle endurance. It also helps with, is it like lactic acid? Yeah, yeah. So it's a buffer. Okay. Or it, well, it's not, it itself is not for lactic acid, but the beta alanine helps you produce more carnosine. Okay. Which then is the buffer. And so people love it. But the reason it's in so many supplements is because it has the tingles. I don't know if you ever had tingles from your pre-workout. Yeah. It's the beta alanine. Maybe sometimes niacin can do that for you, but it's typically the beta alanine. People get them in all weird spots in their body. And some people hate it so much, like they cringe at what I just did. Other people like it because they, um, it's kind of like, once you feel your pre-workout kind of kick in, there's a feeling to it, so that helps them sell and everything, but also it's like, that's, that's kind of your, your body's message that, yo, this stuff's in my bloodstream, let's go train. And so I'm pro beta alanine, but uh, if I'm below 1.7, we might be a little bit less pro on it, and then maybe you want to space it out during the day. And it's not like we can't take, you know, stuff that lowers our ketone levels, but, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make a kind of a roadmap. And so I guess I, I, long-term I might make kind of like, here's the guidelines that work for Mike, you know, Italian American, 35 year old guy who's doing this and that 185 pounds, you could adjust as you will. And so that's kind of my, my whole goal with this is if I'm gonna be re reviewing these, I might as well put the information to use and, and help people out. And then people can adjust up and down, you know, because we all do have different, different carb numbers and everything. And unfortunately I'm quite carb sensitive and so I got to keep them below like at 20 or below, sadly. And so, okay. but I was at 1.7 millibol ketones. So I, uh, maybe I could have had more carbs yesterday. I've, uh, yeah, these tests are actually really great for most of our viewers. Cause a lot of them, they look for their ketone levels to be high. Their goal is weight loss. So taking supplements like this, if it does drop their ketone levels, then they're going to shy away from them. So like, it, you know, it's not necessarily the goal to stay like high in your ketone levels, but for a lot of people, they like that. It makes them bounce off the walls. So. <laughs> right. And, and so the other thing is when I was, I was for a while before I figured out the fasting thing, I was stuck at right, right around 0 0.5, 0 0.6 millimoles. And so you're like just on the, on the edge of, of ketosis, like 0 0.5 is kind of the officially agreed upon level. And so if a supplement is dropping me from 0 0.6 to 0 0.4, all right, well, I just like my, spiked my blood sugar for just a half a second. And this is the bro science of me talking right now. So I got no studies to back this kind of claim up. We love bro science. It's coming. <laughs> no, so, but then I, I dropped my ketone production because my body's like, well, I don't need to make ketones anymore. I got this sugar around. I got to deal with that. And then um, it deals with that. And now your ketones are dropped. And it's like, oh, and now you got no energy. And so I was stuck in no man's land. And this that supplement put me in no man's land three times. And I even tried it just uh, training fasted burning a lot of calories, hoping like to get the ketogenesis going, burn some fat, just didn't work. And so uh, the point being is that if you are just on the cusp of ketosis and you, and you, you tank yourself, then hey, you just, you just like spike your blood sugar for half a second and then you killed your, your keto production and you might not be yet so fat adapted that you're gonna you know, pick it right back up. And so uh -huh. 
uh, I think when people are getting into it, you got to be a little bit careful. And, and I, I, I took the slow path into ketosis. If I were to do it again, I would just go hardcore. I'd probably fast for a day straight and, um, and then stay away from anything even remotely bad. But I think what people are going to realize is a lot of these supplements, and I, I say this as quote unquote, a supplement sales guy, because that's essentially what price flow is. Uh, a lot of these supplements are not great for keto dieters because all these pre-workouts, we'll see what happens with the beta alanine. Um, but a lot of these pre-workouts have citrulline, they have glutamine, they have a, there's a lot of these ingredients that are glucogenic, they're not ketogenic. And so the, the ketogenic ones are absolutely without a doubt leucine. And so I know a lot of people are asking about the branched chain amino acids. I just yeah. finished the three of those. So, um, so yeah, I didn't see leucine was the last one you were gonna do, right? Yes, no, leucine was the second. Cause I, what I'm trying to do is like, I, I'm trying not to do all bad ones in a row. Cause it's just like turns into a wave of like, oh, I just keep dropping myself and dropping myself. So um, isoleucine is both glucogenic and ketogenic. And I'm not sure under what situations, you know, either one happens. But so for the for those that don't know the oh, yeah. the branch chain amino acids the three major ones are leucine valine isoleucine correct those are what are generally included in like your BCAA mixes and a lot of people do ask are those keto friendly and you've tested all three individually individually so we're not there yet by the time this publishes it'll probably will probably be about ready to rock so I don't want to over promote the price talk channel but yeah I'll have it up there eventually so isoleucine theoretically is keto uh, is ketogenic and glucogenic and that's exactly what happened I, I'm doing two days of testing for each thing like I can't you know spend a whole week on one ingredient and so one day it went up, uh, my ketones went down 0.1 or so, 0.2. The other day it went up 0.1, so it continued through my fast. So it wasn't such a big deal. Leucine, very ketogenic. I actually went up 0.5 millimoles one day. And, and, wow. and this is, oh, so by the way, these are five gram doses. It's kind okay. of the standard. Um, and so, yeah, you'd never want to take five grams of valine on its own, but that's kind of what I'm doing. But what we're going to do is like, I have a standardized kind of five grams of, uh, of this amino acid is my standard. And so what we're going to do is we're going to test how each one performs. And then I'm going to try to build the BCA ratio that's best for me. And, and so leucine, awesome. I, I put it, I put that powder uh, in all my stuff pretty much. I sprinkle it on anything. And so that's uh, it went up 0.5 one day, it went up 0.2 the other day. And then with valine, it went down uh, 0.1. Oh, I, I don't, Valine went down one day and then went up another day. So it, my, my so fast powered over it. In your testing, leucine actually increased your ketone Oh, levels? yeah. It's ketogenic. Okay. It, it, and leucine is generally regarded as the most important for muscle building, correct? Exactly. The thing is, yeah, there's the fewer of the amino acids are ketogenic, but leucine and lysine are. I haven't tested lysine and leucine. It, the, the, the science actually, what, it, it got backed up by what happened in my body. So it was kind of... It was That's exciting. Awesome. Yeah. So and just based on learning this right now, I, I'm probably going to buy like yeah. a bulk leucine yep. solo powder. After I would, this. I would, I personally, I recommend it. Yeah. Now yeah. what people need to realize if you're an insane calorie counter, these do count as calories. You're as a protein calorie, I guess you call it. So don't forget to do that. If you're dieting down for a competition, some people forget to do that. And if you're drinking this stuff all day long. Yeah. You know. These are, these are marketed as zero calorie a lot of the time. And it's just like added to your drink. I remember back like maybe five or six years ago, I was doing the lean gains protocol. Mm -hmm. If you've ever heard of that. Yeah. And they recommend just drinking BCAAs like all through your fasting window, which I think looking back what we know now that is kind of defeating the purpose. Right. That's kind of changed. You know, I forgot to check the time. I, I took that measurement around like 10, 25 or so. It's been 10 minutes. Oh, has it? Okay. So let's just call it. Yeah. 10. So this is, this is like a simpler question and like mm -hmm. probably geared towards 
a lot of our viewers and, and myself. So BCAAs, a lot of people take them when they're trying to lose weight, but they're still working out. They think they're like necessary or mandatory. So I'm personally, I'm trying to gain muscle so I can see how it could be beneficial. I'm lifting really intensely. But what about someone losing weight, but just like doing some cardio and, you know, on the keto diet? Only, uh, so yeah, the research is actually kind of showing a little bit against the amino acid, the branch chains in terms okay. of if your diet is already fine. The pro, you don't, you don't need to have protein in your mouth all, you know, 24 hours a day. <laughs> and, and that's what we're kind of seeing is fasting, uh, as fasting individuals. But, uh, if your protein numbers are indeed low, that's definitely a great thing to have during a workout, I believe. Or if you, um, but yeah, in general, if you're getting enough protein throughout the day and you're trying to lose weight, it's, it, it could actually be counterproductive. You're, you might okay. bump yourself too much protein. Uh, yeah, I've seen some some advertising for BCAAs as like a weight loss yes. aid, and I don't think that's necessarily true. Ac oxidizing fat is how we've heard it. <laughs> yeah, yeah you gotta you gotta be careful of those claims. I, I I would not fully agree unless you know certain circumstances you're not getting enough protein. But um, you know even even on price we're like, hey, this is food first. Come on, you know. And so yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and lose credibility just because I want to make. 10 cents on not 10 cents but i want to make a dollar selling a tub of leucine but the fact is i do like it and now for different reasons and and uh it's because it seems to be helping with the ketone spike uh what i would caution people and this is what we're gonna have to test with the branch chain products a lot of these bca supplements do have like that beta alanine which we'll see how it goes and then they have uh citrulline malate citrulline is glucogenic a lot of them have glutamine glucogenic and some of these flavor systems I don't want to like, I can't throw anyone under the bus here, but I have a feeling that some of these flavor systems are spiked with a little bit of maltodextrin. And so and you, yeah, when, can you go into the rules on the labeling of supplements. So there's a supplement facts and then there's nutrition facts and they don't necessarily have to list maltodextrin if it's in there. Right. I would think that they, honestly, I don't know the laws down to the level of if it's in the natural and artificial flavors, it seems like there's yeah. some leeway in there, but I don't know, like maltodextrin being that it provides carbs but i guess if it's not providing more than half a carb you maybe don't i i think that's very wrong um another thing is like some of those mct powders are they have to spray them against the surface and that's uh sometimes they spray it against maltodextrin too so if you find an mct powder that's not saying it's it's with a fiber you got to be careful and i will be testing those so we'll uh we'll see but yeah so the maltodextrin can sneak in there is it a big deal for the average person no but when i'm trying to do this like you know, super right. Uh, it, it does matter to me. Now, regarding the, the laws though, so the weird thing about the amino acids is, and this is this will be the first of many criticisms I have on the FDA here today. So um, the, the way it works is that if you have a straight free form amino acid product, um, this is the, yeah, if you have a straight free form amino acid product, I have some other, you know, like BCAs here that don't have any other like brown proteins with it. There's no whey protein there and the amino acids are all alone, they are not counted as calories. They're not counted as protein, they're not counted as anything. It's zero, quote unquote, zero calories per the FDA's guidelines. But that's not the truth because if you take a branch chain, yeah, you can get calories out of it. Um, but now if you add the branch chain amino acids to a protein powder, then all of a sudden, it, or even to vitamins, but a lot of people don't, don't follow that law. But if you add it to a protein powder, then it does get counted as calories and protein. Mm. And so th what this, th what th happened is this actually led to a scam known as amino acid spiking. And they were adding like this cheap glycine and taurine, 
which um, to the amino acid powders because the protein by law is tested using uh, a Kejdal, I, I think I pronounced that wrong, uh, nitrogen analysis. And if you look at creatine, there's three nitrogen molecules on a creatine atom or on a three nitrogen atoms on a creatine molecule. And so what they were doing is they were adding this stuff to protein. It wasn't legitimate food-based whey protein, but it was bumping up the protein numbers on a nitrogen test. And so that got cracked open. And that was one of our first, our first blog posts where I went down the rabbit hole and you start seeing that there aren't even like laws on the internet. Like it's not even written on the internet. They're referencing books from forever ago that you can't find. It's a mess. And so, uh, and so we kind of, we helped crack that open uh, along with a few other YouTube YouTubers that are talking about it. But we, that was the article that kind of put us on the map. And uh, I took a lot of pride in it because it, a good article like that takes time to research, but it was like, man, is your protein really protein? And sometimes at that point, a lot of it wasn't. Um, and it was right there on the label. But the, the worst part is that sometimes it wasn't there on the label. And that's why you'll see with these with these tests, I'm gonna have to plug someone right now. I am using Nutribi a lot because uh, there is a third party lab test that they are publishing on the web. You could take a look at this lot number and put it into checkmysubs.com. I'll post a, a link. The lab test is there, and this is a 99.52% pure beta alanine I just took. And the company is Nutra... That's Nutra Bio. Nutra so, Bio. Yeah, they're in New Jersey. Yeah. I have a So I have a YouTube video where I'm interviewing Mark Glazer, the CEO of the company, and he is... He is a thousand times more passionate than I am about this stuff. And so I have a video where I talk about, I'm like, hey, Mark, I did a plant tour at their, at their facility. I'm like, Mark, are supplements unregulated? Because that's what a lot of people think. And he's like, he goes on this like 10, 20 minute rant about all the laws they have to follow as a supplement manufacturer. And you do need to test the incoming materials into your facility. And you do need to, to test them as, before they go out. And a lot of people don't do that. And so they're posting their third-party lab tests. And the companies that we tend to work with the most are the ones that are doing that or they're manufactured at a facility where we know they do that. But I know there's facilities that they trust this incoming material that comes from China. And then, you know, the, China, the Chinese manufacturer uh, from wherever pro provides this, you know, certificate of authenticity or whatever. And they, uh, and so then the manufacturer gets it and they trust it. And then they don't test their outgoing product and then the consumer trusts them. And guess what? Nothing was ever tested. And so yeah. uh, it, it, the more you go down this road, the more you realize like I want lab tests and the fact that I could do a blood test here, like makes it all the better. And so, uh, and so you got to realize like I'm kind of a, a tech startup founder and I'm going down these like down these paths that are just so like wild and interesting because you've got to know more and more and more. And so uh, for me, a challenge is like, okay, at what point do I stop and actually yeah, I get back to focusing on the technology and stuff? But <laughs> this is this is what I'm, I'm passionate about. So uh, so I try to find partners or, or people who are uh, equally or more passionate about the quality. And Mark Glazer at Nutribio is definitely one of them. So apologies for, for plugging him, but that's why we're using his stuff because I will post a link to the lab test that was done yeah. on that tub right there. Well, not on that tub, but on that batch. So yeah, we love getting recommendations. So much of buying a supplement is like just trusting the company. Yeah, it is. And and just knowing that it's like a good company that stands behind their product. And the fact is, if I if I were to find one of those amino acid spiking companies and I just did a, a lab test, and by the way, a, a proper protein lab test is $2,000 because you have to test each individual amino acid. And so uh, I can't afford to do that with every protein on the market even close. And so, but if I were to post one, it was bad. Guess what? It's going to happen. I'm getting sued. And so, uh, and even if I, I did or did not have a case, they would have to be like, well, what's your chain of custody? Where did you buy it? How do I know you didn't tamper yeah. with it? You know, blah, blah, blah. And so a lot of people avoid doing this. Labdoor.com is a site that, that does do it. Um, unfortunately, I kind of disagree with they, the way they rate their proteins because they rate their protein really by 
I forget what he says. There's a good bodybuilding.com forum uh, post where he says they rate it by strength and not by label adherence. And I'm like, no, I want, if the label says 24 grams of protein, especially as a keto diet or too much protein can put you over the top um, and start spiking insulin. If it says 24 grams of protein, I want 24 freaking grams of protein. And so, yeah. or, or, you know, within the 10% tolerance or whatever, you know, but, but you know, they, uh, they go by strength with that. But yeah, Labdoor is awesome with some of this stuff, but I know that they've been sued because of a couple of things they do. And uh, so it, it is how it, what it is. And I can't unfortunately provide all the data that, you know, that I wish I could, but as we grow and as we come, become more successful and uh, you might be able to, to tell my, a bit of my mean streak that I, uh, I, I, I'm willing to put some money towards lawyers. Let's put it that way. So we'll see where that goes though. Cause it's, it's a tech company. So I, I still got to like pace myself with all this. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, but um, so, uh, so just to recap, citrulline malate, definitely, uh, gluco has a Cit- glucose response. L citrulline, uh, on Wikipedia, they say it is, we'll find out for me. I haven't done that one yet. So citrulline malate, that's included in a lot of pre-workouts, correct? Correct. And it's really there. The, so if you want to talk to, to NutriBio someday, he'll tell you there is not um, any proper citrulline malate really on the market. It's actually malic acid mixed with citrulline. And so okay. th- this is what happens with the testing. And so it, it's just, uh, it's crazy. But yeah, citrulline itself is uh, theoretically glucogenic. I'll find out what it does for me. Um, but it gives you, it gives the, uh, that nitric oxide enhancement and gives you a good pump in the gym and Hey, you know, maybe that's worth a, a blood sugar boost. I just want to know. And so I'm yeah, not, I'm not I, necessarily I against say, it. I would say there's definitely some of these that maybe they spike your blood sugar a little bit, but they make sense in a pre-workout. Even if you're on keto, if like going hard in the gym is exactly. still your main focus, I don't think it totally puts them off limit, but it's definitely nice to know. Exactly. Especially if you're trying to get into ketosis and you keep, you're at 0.6 millimole and you keep dropping yourself down, dropping yourself down. I think you got to go hardcore a little bit, stay away from the supplements and eat whole foods, coconut yeah. oil, MCT, all that stuff uh, at first. I, but um, the, honestly, the one thing I really want to talk about supplement wise, uh, if you don't mind me kind of redirecting conversation just for a minute is uh I think everyone who's listening to this should take a look at their multivitamin right now, like pause the podcast or whatever, look at your multivitamin and tell me if you have selenium in it. Because the biggest thing that no one's talking about, and it's not necessarily as much for adults, but for the children, and and, uh, I'll I'll cite some sources here, but selenium deficiency happens with a picky keto diet. And uh, so it's happened, there's a couple case studies with the, uh, you know, the, the seizure control, epileptic patients and children, uh, the keto diet, that's really where the keto research really started. And mm-hmm. so with the uh, with a, a picky eater, if they're not getting enough selenium, there are cardiac situations that can happen, including there's this case study with two deaths, unfortunately. So I wanna make sure everyone's getting enough selenium. Check your, check your multivitamin and you should be good to go. Uh, that's interesting. I actually eat sardines and Brazil nuts I was, specifically yes, for and, this. And so I was actually <laughs> gonna point that out. And so, yeah, if you eat Brazil nuts, you might actually be getting too much. Like it's yeah. like, there's like 500 I eat like three. I think like three a day is like it's, almost your daily value. Yeah, so yeah, nuts. the warning is yeah, you don't wanna get too much because uh, if you're eating Brazil nuts by the handful, then you're, yeah, you're, you're gonna get a lot of selenium. And then the sardines, but you, you like think like as a, as a kid who's, uh, who's on a ketogenic diet or a picky eater, like spinach is low on the list, eggs are in there, uh, sardines, halibut, I think, like yellowtail, uh, and then of course the Brazil nuts. And so it's like, that's a lot of food that 
a kid might not want to eat. Yeah. And right. so that's where they saw, you know, after they had to do this autopsy, there's a selenium deficiency, the heartbeat goes crazy, and it's kind of scary. So that's uh, one thing that not enough people talk about. And so supplement-wise, uh, get that. It's like it's low risk for most of us adults. We're getting something in that's going to feed us the selenium. Uh, most multivitamins have it, but it's like high impact if you don't have it. So that's yeah. It, it influences your cognitive function a lot, from what I've read too. Selenium. Oh, really? okay. Yeah, I haven't read yeah. that. Is it pronounced selenium? What part of the so, selenium? I'm not sure. <laughs> we okay because part of the part of the problem being an internet junkie who has not admittedly like listened or done enough podcasts is that uh, yeah I pronounce I'll pronounce a lot of stuff wrong here. So <laughs> that that's really funny because we did a bunch of research on artificial sweeteners and mm-hmm. then we turned the camera on and Mega comes out and she's like Aspartame. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Can you and say our viewers? Our viewers still bring it up and make fun Aspartame, of her. Aspartame. I love that. Uh, what about Ace K? Do you know how to pronounce the real eight? The real name for ace k i always say acylfame potassium yeah but, i, I okay. think that's what it is but i always like throwing an extra aces sulfame i can't do it <laughs> proper so yeah a lot of people don't like that stuff but uh i'll test that too i don't i don't mind oh that would yeah, actually be really be interesting too yeah that one um some people get bad reactions so but it's in a lot of the protein powders out there so uh so yeah we'll see but here one thing, and I don't want to throw anyone under the bus yet, but so there was one morning where I, I do drink coffee fasted, black coffee, and I need to start getting into better coffee now because I'm not able to, to totally sweeten it up, but uh, I put in a stevia drop into, and I put five stevia drops into my black coffee, and then I was like, you know, just fired up the YouTube, uh, you know, I just recorded my cell phone for these videos sitting right here, and I, uh, I did my blood sugar, and it was 115. I'm like, whoa, that's so nearly pre-diabetic. I'm like, what? is in here and I was like I realized I did the stevia drops mm-hmm. and so it was a flavored stevia drop it was like the English toffee flavor so add it to the list of things I've got to test because I'm not fully convinced that some of these artificial sweeteners are um, are fully non sugar spiking and it's fine again you know it's fine if they, they spike your blood sugar but at the same time I got to come in fasted for these uh, for these tests I'm doing. otherwise you know otherwise I'm <laughs> full of shit so have you ever done a test just with black coffee Nope, that's coming next week, actually. Okay. So, uh, because a lot of people I'm talking to, they believe that uh, that coffee is ketogenic or it does something that induces ketones. But uh, on Twitter, Dom, Dr. Dom Diagostino, he just posted something where they, they, they had a study, and I didn't really get it. They said that with breakfast, the, the coffee you know induced ketogenesis or whatever. But it's like, well, wasn't the breakfast kind of a confound there? So... What we're going to do is we're just going to watch me get cracked out and drink a pot of coffee and, <laughs> and do a test. But I also need to do a test with just doing nothing, too, because how much how much does my ketone level change between 15 and a half hours fasted and like 16 and a half hours fasted? That's something that I think it goes up like by point one. You know, there's and again, to, to cite Dr. D'Agostino, I think on the Joe Rogan podcast, he mentioned between 16 and 18 hours, like things really start to advance. And so I haven't done that test. So there's lots of things that that we can do to try to at least, you know, at least for me, put together what's the uh, what's the most optimal diet. But my concern would be with an 18 hour fast is that I don't think I get enough food in the six hours. Like, yeah, I uh, what I was catching myself doing was actually eating this huge breakfast afterwards. And it was like over. I was like doing five or six eggs, three or four slices of bacon and uh, way too much cheese. And I had like 55 grams of protein in it and I was crashing. And I was like, why is this happening? I lowered it to below 40 grams of protein to stop crashing. And I think I was spiking my blood sugar because I was going over. And so it's like, I had to lower the breakfast, but then I, I, it stay, I stayed full for long enough that now my calories are too low. So I'm still working with that. But, uh, but after the fast, having this monster breakfast has not been 
totally great for me personally. So I yeah, gotta figure that we out. We did that for a while. Yeah. Uh, we've eased off that. We we actually stopped doing intermittent fasting recently. We're doing more balanced eating throughout the day, like three cool. or four meals. We need to monitor ketones better, though. Yeah, we need to get a ketone meter, <laughs> and we'll go to Price Plow. Oh, thanks. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'll give you a kickback. I don't know if I'm illegally allowed to say that. But anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, there, there was a good quote. There was a good quote like "chase results, not ketones." So yeah. uh, you know, you realize you don't need to do it, but for the sake of what I'm doing, I, I'm in mega ketone chasing experimentation mode right now <laughs> but also i'm only three months in and i'm still figuring things out and the best way to figure things out is to really measure and sadly um you know the next thing like it was supplement wise but i've been really researching is the electrolyte situation mm -hmm. and it's crazy because it, it gets it, it gets so crazy that uh, no one knows anything is what you start realizing and so the only really true answer to any of this stuff is that you got to get blood tests and so I often, uh, I haven't done any blood work yet on, on the stuff because I'm just finally, as you can see, uh, getting quite keto adapted here. And, uh, and so, but there's a lot of tests you could do for, you know, for the magnesium, calcium, uh, sodium levels and everything. But that, I think that's truly going to be the best way. And of course, triglycerides and all that stuff, iron. Um, and, and so I'm going to be able to put a roadmap together, what works best for me, and then people can maybe adjust their, from there. But the, the issue is with, with the electrolyte situation, if you mind me going to, into that. And, right. uh, and so, okay, first, I, I guess I have to do a disclaimer slash premises with the fact that um, when we look at like these daily values and everything, you have to realize by nature, like by us being on this keto diet, we are in a way thumbing our noses at the FDA. You know, we're saying uh, this food pyramid, six to 11 servings of grains per day. Are you kidding me? I would be morbidly obese if I ate 11 servings of grains per day. So <laughs> you got to realize I am not, the, the irony doesn't escape me that on one side of my mouth, I am like thumbing my nose at the FDA and laughing at their suggestions by the mere basis of being on the keto diet. Um, but on the other side of the coin, we do need to look to the FDA, at least for a starting point for the guidelines on some of these, uh, some of these percentages, whether it's selenium or whether it's uh, for how much potassium or sodium you can get in. But the ridiculous thing is that uh, if you look around, you're gonna get no agreement whatsoever on sodium, potassium, uh, and, and magnesium. Everyone's pretty sure like we need more magnesium and everything, we'll get into that. But, but what happens with the keto diet is that um, by, you know, you're taking less carbs and so you need less insulin and there's some sort of mechanism that occurs where as we all know, you start, uh, you start kind of losing water weight and along that goes along with that goes sodium so a lot of people think you need to take a lot of extra sodium and so there's a, a new book that i need to read i it's waiting for me at the at the mailbox is called the salt fix and yeah. these guys and so this doctor was just on the uh the the two keto dudes podcast mm -hmm. and he spoke really intelligently and he's he's very pro sodium and he made some very compelling arguments so um i so part of the the whole idea is that it seems that a lot of people need more more of these electrolytes, but it's not just keto dieters. A lot of stuff I'm gonna say, because everyone's be like, oh my God, this guy's recommending all these different supplements. Well, if you look at it, all Western dieters are not getting enough magnesium. And a lot of people, our obsession with calcium may be hurting that a little bit too much. And then um, if you ask like the doctor who wrote the salt fix, he's suggesting way more sodium than, than necessary. So it's like, I have a feeling that a lot of us, uh, and if you're not a big, like, uh, sweet potato or, or banana eater, you're probably, you might not be getting a lot of enough potassium either. And so I have a feeling a lot of this stuff applies to everyone, not just keto dieters. 
Um, but if you're getting into keto, a lot of the keto flu could be possibly attributed not just to like having that lack of carb shock and not yet being in ketosis, but also uh, your body's begging you for some some sodium and potassium and stuff. So what did the doctor recommend for sodium? Do you recall? From no, I don't. I'm sorry. But like uh, Lyle McDonald, he's got a forum post from way back when where he's recommending five grams a day. Now, here's what's hilarious. And so uh, the the FDA, they want you to keep a low sodium intake. But they want you to take 4.7 grams of potassium. And so this is based upon the, the, the 2010 Food Dietary Guidelines. There is a study, and I'll cite this. There is a study in 2013 where these doctors, they realize that it is actually feasibly impossible to, to properly get both low sodium with like, they, they use six different diets that they were popular, like kind of diets that the, that the FDA recommends. It is literally impossible to get low sodium, but high enough potassium per the FDA's guidelines. So like the FDA's own suggestions simply don't work for anyone, not even uh, let alone keto diet. You can't keep your potassium that high and your sodium that low, like something is wrong. And so I think the answer, it, it, the answer is really, uh, it's, it's gonna come down to you. It's gonna come down to your diet and it's come down to ratios really. And so, you, it's going to come down to blood tests. And so it's going to be tough to like drive this because no one knows the FDA is making recommendations that are literally impossible. And then to make matters worse to, in order to supplement potassium, you can't, uh, because of the FDA's milligrams. what's that exactly. You can't take more than hundred milligrams in the serving and 99 milligrams at a time. So 4,700 milligrams of potassium is what you're suggested to get. And just take 47 potassium pills. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you like, I, I literally would need to take 20 potassium pills. And that's yeah. just absolutely ridiculous. The solution to the problem is to find a powdered supplement. And so I just picked some of that up. I'm working on like some recipes using it, like vitamin style recipes. Cool. Yeah, you can make your own like electrolyte Gatorade mix. Maybe yeah. get some that yeah. leucine in there. And it just so, tastes really bad. It's hard to which, overcome. Which one do you have? I have that same one. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I got potassium citrate. There are other forms. Uh, some people I think might like like potassium lactate might be one, but potassium chloride is another one. Um, being a swimmer, I think I get enough chlorine in my life that I don't need to have any more chloride floating around my body. But um, yeah, you're right. It's it doesn't taste good. Some people add the sodium to the, your coffee. That's what the, uh, the the salt fix. I wish I knew his name. I'm citing this guy so many times. He says in the two 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 keto dudes podcast. So you could try adding it to coffee. Uh, yeah, you got to figure it out. But I think just adding it to your homemade sports drink might be a way to get potassium going. And it's at a good time when you need it. And so, uh, yeah, the, the, so like these, these hypocrisies, the FDA itself, you're like, you realize like, wow, the, it's not just keto dieters are flying blind. We are literally flying blind with a lot of stuff because it's so personalized. And so uh, everyone's got to kind of take that into consideration when listening to what I'm saying here. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm adding a little bit of the, of the powdered stuff so far. So... Sorry, you just cut out a little bit there. Oh. Okay, we're back. Yeah, I said, we're okay, back. yeah. So I'm adding a yep. little bit of the powdered stuff there. So um, if we could just move away from that a little bit. Okay, just, uh, um, so I saw on your blog too, you mentioned like a fat, there was a fat burner blog. I didn't like go into it, but I just saw it briefly. And I've tried fat burners in the past. I'm, I'm slightly ashamed to say it, but no, fine. is there like a, I mean, but a lot of people say that fat burners like are claiming all this stuff, but you know, nothing in them really helps or actually pushes fat along to like be lost. And, so, uh, yeah, and so I mean, you're gonna get a little bit of both and it's tough to find quality good ingredients, but I do believe in certain mechanisms that are, that are happening. Um, if something is thermogenic or can induce lipolysis, 
then you're going to get a, a lot more free fatty acids available for you to use, especially good as a keto dieter. But uh, you got to look for the certain ingredients that either help induce that kind of fat loss or that are just uh, that are preventing the fat storage from happening. And some of these ingredients just get you fired up and everything, and that's good for a workout. But if it's a ton of caffeine, that's not necessarily a good thing. I am a fan of um, ingredients like yohimbine hydrochloride, but too much, like some people are very, very, very sensitive to it. So too much will make you anxious. And so that could help like prevent the fat storage and everything. But if, if you have an ingredient that is inducing lipolysis, you've got to go burn it. Otherwise it could reattach. And so, um, okay. and so the, the, the stimulant free ones that we like are the cayenne pepper extracts. There's some, there's some decent research there. Nothing like mind blowing though, but it's good to have, it's good to have pepper in your diet. I think I'm a huge pepper fan. Uh, but also, uh, the the one that's that's coming on strong is grains of paradise very spicy grain and it helps it helps uh, create a little bit of brown fat cells and those uh by nature are they they burn hotter and uh and they help you they, they help like keep your metabolism going is what it's starting to look like and so it's a pretty it's pretty potent spice and they're adding it to a lot of uh, fat burners so that's one that i like to to keep an eye on um, and then of course there's a lot of the stimulants. We don't need to get into that because that's other, uh, areas of dispute, but some of these stimulants definitely suppress appetite. And, and so that's like another, another thing, but I'm not necessarily, I'm not a big fan of the appetite suppression because, and a lot of people might hate me for this, but yeah, I don't eat enough as it is. So the last thing I need to do is be sitting here cracked out for 10 hours, not, not eating, uh, you know, too much. Cause then my muscles are going to wither away more than they already have. So, um, so yeah, there's a, there's a couple of ingredients that I do like, but yeah, I'm a fan of the Yohembine. I'm a fan of, uh, of some of the, some of the, the lipolysis inducing ingredients such as, uh, higanamine, synephrine a little bit, they work. And then there's some of these, uh, some of these like more zippy PEA agents that, that uh, there are some okay studies that show that it may help you burn a little bit more uh, energy, but you're gonna feel a bit of the cracked out feeling. So some people, you know, you might not love it. Is it necessary? No, you know, absolutely not. But some people just love the feel of it and uh, the energy itself. And so for that, it's, it's okay, but you gotta be careful. Some of these uh, ingredients, some of the Dr. Oz ingredients are a bunch of BS and uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, there's been studies that have been retracted uh, like green tea extracts, super minor, but it's, it's healthy. So why not? But at some point, How about need... L-carnitine. So yeah, L-carnitine actually. Um, so in terms of both nootropic support, a lot of people I know are asking about like, Hey, focus enhancement. And just by virtue of being on a keto diet, you're going to be enhanced on, on the focus. I'm a big fan of acetyl L-carnitine for the focus part of things, especially for keto dieters. We want to, we want to create, um, so the acetyl L-carnitine, um, it can get converted to acetyl-CoA, which is uh, what we need to produce ketones. So this is great for keto dieters alone, but the L-carnitine, the, the most of the studies showing with, uh, with L-carnitine that is best if you're L-carnitine deficient really in terms of weight loss and fat loss. And so that's really, um, that's really more in the vegetarians and in the, and so I'm talking about for like regular dieters, it's more in the, in, in, uh, yeah, it's more for the vegans, vegetarians and elderly, but with keto dieters, I'm starting, the more I started looking at this, the more I'm like, okay, I need to start getting acetyl L-carnitine back into my diet because I think it's going to be extra productive for keto dieters because of the stuff that's going to get converted into ketones down the road. Plus, uh, in terms of focus and stuff, if everyone's trying to get through that, that fog a little bit, 
uh, acetyl-L-carnitine, I believe, crosses the blood-brain barrier. And so it's actually more of like, a, it's more of a fatty acid transport agent. So it's just moving things around faster and we need that. And so having more of it is definitely beneficial. People get a bit of a focus boost from like a, a gram of it, but uh, like a general L-carnitine liquid that, that they sell, I'd rather go to the exact form of L-carnitine I want. And for like muscle building reasons, L-carnitine L-tartrate seems to be best. That one helps uh, like create, helps our body create a little bit more of the androgen receptors. But for focus and for keto dieters, right now I'm thinking acetyl L-carnitine in theory. And so I, that that will be another test <laughs> that will uh, awesome. that will check will check out. But the 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 acetate of you know the acetyl L carnitine, it's got that vinegar taste to it. So that's going to be a fun video for me to take a spoonful <laughs> of that, and uh, and I'll do it. <laughs> now now for something you're super interested in is the exogenous ketone supplements. You've done some experiments with these. You seem to have a favorable opinion of them, right? Yeah. So I, I'm definitely more pro than con at this point. Given, uh, of course, everyone's got to realize. Given the budget, if you're on poor man's college budget, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're living paycheck to paycheck. Please, please, please don't buy these. Like seriously, let's. This is for people who have a little bit of experimental money to, to spend. And so I think the biggest issue is is education with them and using them uh, in the proper in the proper uh, and using them at the right times. And okay. so for me, they clearly. They clearly work in the fact that they do get more ketones into your bloodstream. Like, so a lot of people, a lot of the haters on, on our channel be like, oh, that's just ketosis. Well, guess what? If I'm using it, and so yeah, you're just, you know, you're just gonna be peeing out the ketones. Well, actually, you think my brain's not gonna use it? If I have no carbs in my bloodstream and I'm in the fog because I haven't yet started producing ketones, so if I'm tra transitioning in, to ketosis for the first time, I think it's a great way to get you through the fog if you don't have like three days to kill being stupid. <laughs> and so uh, your brain prefers ketones. And so if if you have no sugar left anymore and all of a sudden these ketones show up in your bloodstream, which they do show in your bloodstream, I've, you know, I've proven it. I've you know, proven it. That's the, the, the reason that press <laughs> supplements called prove it. Um, they do show up in your bloodstream. My brain's going to use them without a doubt. And you kind of feel a bit of that focus effect from it, but they're expensive. Am I going to go tell you to spend $2 so you could feel better as opposed to like, you know, sucking it up and just get into ketosis for three days. Like uh, that's really up to you and your budget, but I do, I do really like them. Another thing we need to be mindful of is that a lot of people have the keto flu when they're getting into ketosis. You take these BHB salts right here. Here's a new one that's uh, at, a, at a GNC brand. This is uh, the, the guy who used to own Cyvation. He's going into this now, Ketologic. And if you look at here, we have a lot of calcium, magnesium, and, uh, and sodium in here. So the question yeah. is, is it necessarily the ketones that are making me feel better? Or maybe I had that electrolyte uh, imbalance going on. And so that was, that's another question to be answered, but overall it, it does put ketones in your bloodstream. And so the use case of getting into ketosis faster is a great idea. Uh, for, for the other use case of athletics, if you're doing like a standard, like, you know, Joe Schmo three sets of 10 kind of one hour workout, is it necessarily? No. Is it, does it feel good? I think so. Yes. Uh, is that, is that worth spending a buck 50 to $2 on? Again, I, I, I can't answer that, but I will say that for me, um, I prefer to take them during the workout. Like I don't have a problem getting the workout started, but sometimes I, I, I might fade or bonk towards the end if it's like a really hard swim. I do feel a, a bit of a difference with these. Uh, and so if you're training super hard, it's, it's, I, I think there's gonna be, it's gonna come down to timing. And timing with the bonk is, is where you can uh, kind of 
flip into this exogenous ketone mode after you've kind of like tired yourself out. And so there's, there's a good use case for that. Um, what with some of the newer research is coming out and this is, this is still being tinkered with. I believe whoever, whoever figures this out properly is going to be winning a lot of stuff. But, and I think you mentioned this with your anti-gravity, uh, anti-gravity gains podcast, but so taking the ketones at some point alongside of high, high amounts of carbohydrates is if, if you're already keto adapted, but you're still able to handle carbohydrates decently, if you take a bunch of carbohydrates and then you get that awesome blood sugar spike, and then you uh, and then you properly time it for you know waiting for the bonk, and then you get these ketones in, you're gonna flip over, and it's like it's like two sources of fuel. It is literally like rocket fuel. I swear to you, when I did this, um, my blood sugar went over. It was like 175 or so. My ketones were at 1.5 or so. I was bouncing off the walls. It felt like I drank a pot of coffee, but I hadn't. It was like I, I felt like stimulants. And so yeah. I had to go train. I was bouncing off the walls. I went and trained, but then I will be honest, I crashed like a mofo. I crashed so bad afterwards. And then I came back though. And, uh, and so it was great, a fun training session. I have fun review and, and, uh, and I was like blast off. It was crazy rocket fuel. I think the elite endurance athletes are gonna find a way to figure this out. Yeah. And, uh, but of course, any elite athlete by switching into ketosis for a year, they're gonna, they're gonna take a step back in their training. Cause you know, they, they're so used to being on the carbs and everything. But at some point, I think someone's gonna figure this out. The, the cool thing is that, now here's where, where exogenous ketones really awesome for, for your standard listener, is that this can cover up and it can mask a cheat meal. So I took 75 grams of carbohydrates, which would have ruined me on a regular day. Um, but then shortly thereafter, it was like 20 to 30 minutes because it was kind of slower digesting carbs I took. They're based off of oats and sweet potato and yam. Uh, I took the ketones. I never fell out of ketosis. And so I went back to like about the 0.8, 0.1 level or whatever, but I was able to take 75 grams of carbs without falling out of ketosis. So another just use case is like, if you wanna be bad and have a cheat meal, if you wanna go to the cheesecake factory and have at it, well, uh, you know, you might look like a freak mixing together this drink with a bunch of ketones after your cheesecake and you will, I swear to you, you will be bouncing off the wall from all that sugar and ketones, but you're not gonna you're not gonna go through back through the keto flu and have to fight through it again. At least uh, maybe I should say I didn't have to do that. And so there's another use case with uh, with just being able to cheat a little bit. And I'm not sure how often you can do that, but it's uh, and is it worth buying a fifty dollar tub of product just so you can eat a piece of cheesecake? I'll, I'll leave that up to you. But it worked. So it, most it worked most of me. our viewers would say yes. Most <laughs> of our viewers are gonna as soon as they hear this, they are like currently buying ketones oh, no. on Amazon. I didn't no. mean to do that. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I, and um, the research, and so th- there is research in terms of, in terms of weight loss and everything uh, that is going to be very arguable. And so no one can make weight loss claims on things just yet, but I want to, um, so I wanna make, make very clear, but I'm gonna stick my neck out and I'm gonna say that eventually I do believe there's gonna be a minor, minor weight loss uh, benefit from it. And so will it be significantly uh, statistically significant, I, I don't know, but I there's two things that are happening when you take ketones. First off, and we don't know the mechanisms, or we, I, I say uh, they, the researchers don't really know the mechanisms just yet, but insulin levels go down and blood, or, and blood sugar levels are going down when you take these exogenous ketones and um, appetite gets suppressed a little bit. And so you gotta realize each ketone, uh, a gram of ketones in, is about five, a gram of like the BHB salts is 
uh, is five calories. So if I take about 10 grams of that, I will tell you that I think that I'm getting more than 50 calories worth of appetite suppression. Okay. And so that's another like, and that's, so that's not necessarily weight loss, but it's like, uh, you know, a positive side effect associated with kind of weight loss. And so there, there's something to be said there, but it cannot yet be currently marketed as a weight loss, fat burning supplement. No, no, no. But I think there's something going on there. And, and uh, a lot of my haters are going to be hating hard on me. So <laughs> I, I'm sticking my neck out saying that there, there might be something going on there, but we're not sure of it yet. But that's another kind of use case. That, uh, I think a lot of people on. would say a, a similar thing about protein with the appetite suppression. A gram of protein or four calories per gram of protein gives you more appetite suppression than that. Yeah, that's a, that's actually but a good I'm, point. I'm curious. Um, so you took the ketones after. Were you monitoring your blood glucose when you took the ketones after the 75 grams of carbs? Yeah. Or, was that still heightened? Yeah. So I did the. Um, I did, so it's, it's in a long video. It was my giant sports giant keto review, which is my favorite one right now because it's the most bang for your buck. But uh, the, so what happened? I took, yeah, it had the blood sugar was at 175. The ketones were at like 1.4. And then eight hours later, I did check both again. I think, I don't know what the blood sugar was again. I honestly okay. couldn't tell you. It, it might be on the channel. I, it might also, I, I think it's time for the test. The text. Oh, is, oh, is yeah. it really? Okay, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I should have turned the AC up in here. I'm like getting all hyper and sweating and everything. So, blood so this is the results of the beta alanine test. This is and I'm, I'm hoping that it comes out favorable because I'd like to include it in a pre-workout. And well, also, we didn't touch much on creatine. People have a lot of questions about yeah. that. That is totally cool with keto. Totally correct? cool. I took 10 grams and my ketones went up. So, okay. and I don't, it was just like my fast continued. Mm -hmm. So I stabbed myself off screen this time. Oh, this might be embarrassing. I didn't get enough blood. Come on. <laughs> there we go. Whoo! Just barely made it. I might need to stab myself on the. Now, is this the ketone? This test? is blood, blood sugar. Okay. Oh. Hey, okay. My blood sugar went down. Now that could just be because I'm just fast. Yeah, and I'm fired up over here. I'm wasting energy. Do I have another ketone strip? There it is. Do you test your blood glucose after workouts ever? No. Should I? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what you would come up with. I noticed mine's a little elevated after workouts. Yeah, you know, I did that one time with that one, but it was a supplement. There's, I would have to do it without taking a supplement, <laughs> which is rare. Yeah. So, ketone time. That took a little longer than I wanted. Okay. We were at 1.7. So it takes then. Oh, oh my. Okay. Four. I'm flying high. I, I, you know, I think I'm like too, too deep fasted. This is, <laughs> I've never even seen that at all for me. So we're going to, I'm obviously going to do another test. As of right now, I think that my, for me at least, of course, is always like that, that disclaimer. If, you're if you're fasted and you take something like that it it's not going to override so that's interesting yeah, i've yeah. never seen a score that high though i'm almost like getting to the point of i need to eat so after <laughs> this is over i'm going to be chowing down for sure and you, you've noticed i haven't been drinking a lot of water i don't know if that has anything to do with it but huh. so about the exogenous ketones an interesting point you brought up that i haven't heard discussed too much is that there is a ton of electrolytes in them so there could be some 
placebo effect of the ketones going on in there, which I've never really considered. And you also tested the Prove It supplement, right? Does, yes. Do they actually list the ingredients on those? Do they tell you how much BHB salt is in there? They do not, but if you look at, you can kind of deduce because the MCT oil provides saturated fats. So that's on the label as like seven grams or so. And um, the, the BHB salt is in front of, the just straight up BHB is in front of it. And mm-hmm. so uh, they are, it's a prop blend, which I don't agree with all the time. You know, there are prop blends that we've promoted, you know, with price plow and everything. The question is like, if you're going to sell me a $5 supplement, give me an open formula. I mean, seriously. So <laughs> I, I'm very, I'm just against the price. I mean, I gotta be price sensitive. Uh, the fact is though, MCT works for, uh, you know, the thing is for me, coconut oil works just as well as MCT yeah, for me in terms of I, ketones. I saw your YouTube videos on these. This was interesting. You tested Thanks for watching. MCT oil and coconut oil back to back, like different days. Yeah. And they both increased your ketones pretty significantly. Yeah, definitely. It, it works. It, it's like the, the, the science actually works. It's just so cool to see. But in terms of if I just need ketones and I'm on a budget, Basically, if it's a cold liquid, MCT oil, if it's a warm liquid, coconut oil. That's that's kind of like my super basic thing. And so that you have to start looking at what are these other benefits of, of these ketones and combining them is definitely a, a good idea. Uh, but you, to get back to, to rewind it back to what you said with the placebo effect, yeah, it, it might actually be there because they, so the BHB salts like I have here, like that, that are in the giant sports one I like, the Ketologic, it's uh, Compound Solutions is the name of the company. I'm not sure if they're on here or they might. Yeah, so it has Go BHB. And so these, so Compound Solutions is the, the they own the patent and they are, they got to be doing really well with this stuff. And so they have the patents and they have three different forms. And then I think the supplement manufacturers can kind of choose the ratio of magnesium, sodium, and calcium that they want to do. Um, I don't think potassium BHB works real well because I think it turns into a rock or it explodes or something crazy. So <laughs> I think it becomes like very hydrophilic and um, it doesn't work well in powders. But uh, so yeah, the BHB salts seem to be the most cost effective way but yeah it's like this one company compound solutions who's i and i I like this personally because they are very trusted they they do the testing and they do the right thing and it's not just a bunch of weird stuff coming over the ship that's not getting tested by companies like this stuff i know if it says go bhb on this uh on this label i'm i'm happy with these guys i've used a lot of their other ingredients that they have they this isn't their only thing and so uh, they're a good company, but they kind of they kind of control this thing, and they are attaching those electrolytes. And maybe maybe you needed more sodium and didn't realize it, but I still do believe in the ketones. And uh, there's a lot of great research on the ketone esters, but that's uh, that's attached to an alcohol, and I guess it tastes like alcohol. It's terrible, and you're yeah. not gonna you're not gonna like it. But the the results are definitely there, and the science seems to be advancing. Uh, but for for regular people, I, I my here's my opinion. If you got an extra 50 bucks in the budget, it's a good idea to have them around. Don't use them every day though, because you want them for the special occasions like the cheesecake and the uh, and then having a super slow morning. But they, but Compound Solutions themselves, they recommend that you can even take it during your fast. Personally, I, I think that's cheating because it is calories. It's you know you're gonna get you're gonna get 25 to 50 calories. So how much of a psycho are you on your fast really? And um, and so, yeah, yeah, it's th- interesting that, that we're just at the tip of the iceberg with the research on these. I would say it's only going to get better. So in the coming years, we'll definitely have more interesting stuff. Right. But at the, and, at, at the same time, though, like just so everyone knows, I'm not trying to be a shill or anything. If you just want to get ketones going and you already are kind of fat adapted, go eat some coconut oil. Like have at it. It's cheap. It's the way to go. Um, problem with coconut oil, like at least the standard stuff, if you, if you put it in your cold drink, it starts, you know, chunking up and everything. But uh 
But yeah, I'm so, curious when you did the uh, ketone test with the MCT oil, was that a particular type of MCT oil? Was it pure C8? Was it just generic? As, MCT oil. So I've gone down this road a little bit and haven't published anything because I wanted to be more into ketosis like I am now. I, I um, so MCT oil that I used at first was oh I know I'm gonna send you a bottle of this by the way some of the stuff we're talking about I'm gonna send you guys some. I used awesome. I used Nutri we love stuff. Yeah oh for sure here's why. I so I used the NutriKey MCT oil just because I had it in the house and um, and NutriKey did send this for free. I'm friends with these guys. Uh, they've never paid me a dime really, but. Uh, because you know, our money's made from the store at Amazon. I don't make money from NutriKey. And so anyway, this MCT oil, I did the unflavored one for their uh, for the MCT test. Standard MCT oil, I really don't know the ratio because it's not disclosed, but I think it's pretty standard MCT oil with uh, the C12, you know, with, the, with all the acids in it, but this lemon flavor. Don't, don't be fooled, this is wrong. This is not a lemon, this is like, it looks like a lemon fruit. This is like lemon cake. And I swear, you're gonna be able to make some really good stuff with this with this flavor. <laughs> like it's like a sweet lemon. I love, love, love this flavor. <clears throat> okay. So um, anyway, I was doing that, but I do have a few tests with the XCT oil. I'll eventually be doing. Okay. And so this, and then there's also another one here. I got all my toys right here set up. This is another like XCT competitor. This is called Newton, and so they have a fully open formula where they have caprylic acid, which is the C8, the short chain, 7.7 grams, and then the C10 capric acid at 10 grams. And the, 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 the theory here is that these are the shorter chains. They don't require any enzymes or any liver support to get into your mitochondria, and it's just like, boom, like nearly instant energy. Here's the issue. I'm so far in my preliminary test where I wasn't as much in ketosis, my ketones didn't go up as much as they do with coconut oil and and uh, regular MCT oil. And so I'm gonna be testing it again, but I am not fully sold on the bulletproof theory that shorter chains are better. Uh, and, and so I don't wanna like do commit the appeal to nature fallacy, but I'm kind of more into the, the coconut oil. It's the natural, it's the more natural way at least. And if looking at like the way the science works is to, to create a ketone body, to create a BHB molecule in your body, you need three acetyl-CoA molecules. And the way you get these, these acetyl-CoA molecules is a really good video I'll link to in like whatever my comment. Um, the way you get these is with beta oxidation where they're cleaving off these parts of the fatty acids. And so to me, you're gonna get more of the ability to cleave stuff off with the longer chains. And that's why, to me, I think in coconut oil might just be fine. Like these shorter chain fatty acids have less stuff to cleave off. Now the molar, I'm not sure how much chemistry you want to get into. The molar mass is lower with these with these shorter chains. So you're going to get more of more atoms or more molecules of the of the shorter chain ones in a tablespoon. But at the same time, my ketones have been going up better with coconut oil. So okay. that's just where it's at for me right now. But I've not like definitively done that. And uh, one thing I just love about this Newton bottle, if you ever had a, an olive oil bottle that had the nice spout, mm -hmm. it's, it, I, I love it because this stuff, the XCT, I spill all over myself. So just yeah. s simple things that make me happy right now. <laughs> the XCT is a bulletproof company, and that is a blend of C10 and C8. I would love to see you get um, pure C8. I know the it. brain octane by bulletproof is pure C8. It's, okay, right. And um, you're cutting out a little bit. One sec. Yeah, it looks good. Okay, now. you want to repeat that? So yeah, the the XCT is a combination of C8 and C10, and we're talking about uh, the chains. Yeah, the chains in these 
medium chain triglycerides and the uh, brain octane version of the bulletproof mc2 oil that is pure c8 i'd be really interested to see you do some of that as a test all right yes yeah. consider it done it'll happen eventually um now yeah. I, I think for the regular listener out there i want to be clear that i think we're getting a little bit too much into the weeds in terms of testing all these that I, I, I will do it yeah. but listen like if you're worried about C8 versus C10, I think you're missing the forest for the trees. So just because I'm testing this and maybe something happens doesn't mean you need to follow that really. It's just like, this is us geeking out and having fun. But at the same time, like the forest is, you know, get your macros and micros in place and everything. Exactly. So, uh, and so most of this conversation has been the extra, like things you can add on at, at some right. point. This is, yeah, this is going full on yeah the, the full-on tweaks and everything now here's one thing i gotta say i gotta call out bulletproof because i think they're better than this um right now it says capric and caprylic acid in a proprietary blend of 14 grams now one thing people don't realize of the proprietary blend well first off capric is isn't capric is the c is the c10 so they have more c10 than c8 mm -hmm. the, now, first off how do i know it's not 13.9 grams of one exactly. and 0.1 grams of the other second off how do i know it's going to be consistent from batch to batch so I might have something completely different in one than the other, as long as they, you know, the label can stay the same, as long as Capric is more than Caprylic or they're more equal, then I could have the, the different batches could change as the price marks change for their, their raw materials. And so that's another thing that people don't talk about with proprietary blends is that you don't, legally speaking, you don't need to have batch consistency. It could be, you know, and we're talking about minutia possibly, but there's a lot of room. There's like seven grams of, of swing in this thing. And so that's just a, a comment I want to add about the prop blend. Yeah, proprietary blends can be a little scary sometimes. Yeah, nutrition labels in general are really interesting because I didn't even know this before I got heavy into keto, but a lot of people like find heavy whipping cream and it says one carb and the other one will say zero and they're like found zero oh. and like, no, <laughs> they probably all have really. right about 0 0.5 or something like that and yeah, then yeah exactly. and then uh yeah you gotta look at the rounding error look at maybe yeah they they found something out or they found a very friendly test maybe or something like that <laughs> i don't want i don't want to throw any uh, heavy whipping cream people under the bus but i do enjoy a little bit of the cream for sure uh yeah so like with labels We'll, we'll see how how things adapt because obviously the labels are, are going to be far behind. I personally think that, you know, proprietary blends should eventually be illegal, but I don't think that'll happen anytime soon. Um, the labels are clearly marketed towards a different type of consumer. So, yeah, we kind of got to be on our toes for sure. And uh, I, I look forward to trying out like the sugar alcohols and and uh, yeah. and these fraudulent uh, we call it fraudulent fiber like the IMO fiber it's not really fiber yeah, we'd love to see yeah. yeah you see if you see that as fiber that's definitely not fiber and so um, given that uh, and so yeah I'm gonna be testing a lot of that because like that IMO fiber does induce a blood sugar spike it looks like according to the science that you're gonna get about not four not four calories per gram but you're gonna get about like three point yeah three point one yeah. or whatever it is and so it's a little bit better but. The, I mean, a whole Quest bar back when they were using that stuff, at least they're not, they're using soluble corn fiber now, which of course I got to test as well. Uh, the, that, that's, that would have knocked me out of ketosis because I'm so carb sensitive, unfortunately. Um, and so, uh, and so we'll test we it. Are, yeah. We are running kind of long, but oh, I yeah, love talking that's about fine. this stuff. Yeah, now. for sure. We, we could do it again anytime like as a catch up or I can maybe, um, this has kind of gotten me to think that I should have a podcast on our channel. So maybe I'll invite you back and we'll, uh, yeah, we'll get into, awesome. we'll get into the recipes. I wasn't going to wrap yet. Cause I had one more topic. I oh, for to sure. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. 
nootropics. You're pretty knowledgeable about those, and I'm kind of been dabbling with them for a little bit now. Um, just quick, like, what are some that you have found hugely beneficial to you? Kind of like a starter starter course, real quick. Okay, for sure. And so, first off, we already touched. What, what have you tried so far? If you mind me asking. So nootropics are like cognitive enhancers and just. I don't know how to describe them. I guess, yeah, just things that aid your mental clarity have cognitive benefits. What I've tried, the one I've tried and that I've stuck with and that I love is L-theanine with coffee or with Ooh. some form of caffeine in the morning. Absolutely. I've also tried I've also tried like a high-dose L-theanine at night, which I didn't like very much. Um, and then I've tried like 5-HTP. I've tried Nupept a little bit, which I didn't mm. like one bit. <laughs> uh, I've tried... What was the one you You've got... Penal Penalparacetam, mm -hmm. which ha definitely has some utility just in limited uses. Agreed. Like use it once a week or something. Okay, so you've gone deeper than what I would even want to talk about. Once you get into the paracetams or the racetams, uh, I think we're, we're a little bit further along, but yeah, I'm a big, I, it sounds like we have very similar tastes in a lot of supplements actually. So we should, we'll, we'll have to keep in touch on email and everything. Um, so I've already touched on one. First off, by virtue, by um, being on the keto diet, I think that there is a big focus quality. Just by getting the, the fog of the grains and all that crap out of your brain, um, your brain prefers ketones. We were born in ketosis, did you know that? And if you were exclusively breastfed, you were still in ketosis. I, so I'm starting to believe that that's our natural state. I'll cite sources, <laughs> but um, I'm starting to believe that's our, our natural state. And when you get the, the, the diet proper, that, that alone is a nootropic. And so uh, that's good. A lot of people are starting to like look at the MCT for that too. Um, and the ketone also, bodies, those, those cross- Also cre creatine has a lot of nootropic properties. You don't need to just take it for like gym performance. Correct. Uh, I haven't really ever felt anything like that, but it Me seems neither. like there's benefits, <laughs> people right? People say people it, want so to feel. So people want something they can feel. So yeah, just yeah, being in ketosis alone um, and having enough fats for your for your body seems like a good start and everything as it is. Now we've already touched on the acetyl L-carnitine. One to two grams, I think, is uh, you're gonna possibly feel a little bit. Um, in terms of L-theanine, because so yeah, we're looking at a lot of stuff that can cross the blood-brain barrier, and so uh, the the exogenous ketones, the compound solutions will try to tell you that there's a there's an effect you're gonna feel, and so I'll have to send you some, and, and you can decide for yourself, because I'm I'm undecided on that, but it, you know it does cross the blood-brain barrier, in terms of um, and then the acetyl L-carnitine. Another popular beginner one is L-tyrosine, but I do need to warn people that L-tyrosine is glucogenic, but it might be that you know it, it boosts dopamine levels. So if you need a, a, a dopamine kick, that that might be a great one to have, even if it does like kick up a little bit of blood sugar. Who cares? Uh, and then for and then yeah, so you mentioned L-theanine. I'm fully with you. L-theanine's got the nootropic nootropic qualities come mixed with caffeine. That's where there's really good studies. I felt like when I take 200 milligrams solo. Uh, I feel like a, a, a little bit like a stoner surfer dude. And that's not, if you can't tell, that's not exactly my, I like surfing, but it's not exactly my mentality. I'm a little bit more aggressive. I don't like to chillax. And so um, that, that higher dose L-theanine doesn't work for me, but I like caffeine, two to one caffeine to theanine ratio is where I like it. And the, the effects I would describe of caffeine with L-theanine is like caffeine can have you kind of high energy, but mm -hmm. a little scattered and L-theanine directs your focus like on a task. You can really be very productive. That's what I've found with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it kind of the yin to the yang gives you a little bit of the calming effect. Uh, now for, for other beginner ingredients, I would say you want to increase your acetylcholine in your brain. And to do that, you take a form of choline. Now, a lot of us eat a lot of eggs, so we're already getting a lot of that, but um, alpha GPC, 
or Citicoline or CDP choline is a, a great one to, to boost that. And if you take enough alpha GPC, you might even get like strength boost in your legs. So there's some- Yeah, so I've taken alpha GPC. Do you think it's still necessary with the amount of eggs? I probably eat like three to four eggs a day. Do you still think I'd say necessary? It, it, you might still feel good on like a half dose, 300 milligrams or something, but okay. look at your budget, you know, like how many, how many ingredients are we gonna throw at everyone right now? So um, if you're already eating eggs, you're probably, it's probably lower on your list, but yeah, I think you'll still feel it. I get a, and if you do a pre-workout, you get a mind muscle connection. Like you really, you focus on contraction a little bit more. And, and what's uh, the dose you I do go for on that? Uh, 250, 300 milligrams minimum, 600 milligrams, 500 milligrams of alpha GPC. And you're going to, I literally feel it pretty good. And then the, on the other side of the acetylcholine, which is, this is the neural, uh, the neurotransmitter. That's like the, uh, it's the learning neurotransmitter. You want to also prevent the acetylcholine from going away and to help prevent neuronal cell death, you could also take huperzine A. And so that's like the prolonger of the acetylcholine. And so choline stacked with this huperzine A is another, is another thing, but you don't want to, you don't want to take too much of the huperzine A. So it's come from like uh, club tooth club moss or whatever the word is. And, uh, and uh, it's in very, very small microgram style doses. And so uh, that one, that one stacks well, but for the beginners out there, I'm thinking like a choline source, uh, being on keto in general, and then acetyl L-carnitine, the, those basics are, are good to go. Um, and then, yeah, like you mentioned, like the, the racetams, if you want to, if people want to go further down that rabbit hole, we could definitely talk about that someday, but at some point you're throwing too much at yourself and we're like, you're starting to change the way neurons are behaving. And it's like, yeah, for the, for the common consumer, it's, it's good to like, what we need to have is like a scale of conservatism on our thing. And I would say like phenylparacetam, while not dangerous, is something that I would say is is uh, like a, a five and a half to a six out of 10 on the aggression scale. Like mm, okay. a lot of people who are just like pretty conservative and cautious don't want to take it. But the uh, it's it's this basically it's this molecule is attached to a PEA molecule and you get that that really quick spike of energy and dopamine and it feels good. So. There's a, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything bad about it, but I think for the beginner talk, the basics are better. All right. Uh, this has been really great. So one last question we sure. like to ask, and I feel like you've done a lot of, lot of things in the last five months, but what's something in the last five months you've recently started or picked up that you wish you started longer ago, like maybe five years ago even? Uh, yeah. So I actually was thinking about this because I heard it on your other podcast and, um, the honest, the honest question is keto diet. I should, I mean, I'm a paleo person. I should have been here anyway, but that's kind of the obvious answer. So let's not answer that. That's an obvious. <laughs> this is gonna, this is gonna be an interesting one. I, um, I actually sleep with my mouth taped closed, and so that's Whoa. yes. And so oh my God, I got panicked. <laughs> I like so that. I, so there's a lot of research coming out about, um, and it's been out about mouth breathing and the connections to ADHD and all sorts of problems because your tongue isn't in the right place. It's not pushing up on the pituitary gland, um, lack of growth hormone re release. Uh, and, and when you breathe through your nose, you get a proper nitric oxide flow. And so my wife is, uh, she's a myofunctional therapist here. And she, and what she does is she helps kids swallow and breathe properly and stop sucking their thumbs and all that kind of stuff. And so you see a lot of people who are mouth breathers. Um, it, first off, it's unattractive. And second, but second, everyone's like closing their mouth. My mouth's been open the whole time talking here, but, but your mouth is for eating. The nose is for breathing. And so what I started doing 
is um, because I've had allergy problems my whole life. I've, I've yeah. not been able to breathe through my nose properly my whole life. So I kind of became a bit of a mouth breather. And, and that eventually, if, especially if you're overweight, can turn into sleep apnea. And that is a silent killer. Like more than like a lot of the stuff we're talking about here health-wise, I think sleep apnea is a massive, massive silent killer. And so if you simply train yourself to breathe through your nose and when sleeping, it's, a, it's like a low grade kind of not too sticky uh, adhesive me, you know, medical kind of tape that doesn't hurt to pull it off. Um, you train yourself to breathe through your nose and it takes a good week or two to get, get used to and it's weird. It looks weird. I get, I get it. And it sounds weird. You start waking up way more refreshed. Like I am all about, I, I don't like to go to sleep without my mouth tape closed. It's as crazy as it is. And I've never told anyone that in public. Um, I wish that that Jill would have gotten into this earlier so that, uh, and she was doing it a little bit longer than I have, but I really wish that I would have bought in a little bit sooner and um, and started doing it because it does feel better. And I can tell you, like when I train, I like to, I train with a heart rate monitor across my chest. I think that's the best way of like kind of communicating with your body a little bit in terms of giving me some immediate physical feedback. I can be on a treadmill and change nothing, but start inhaling through my nose and exhaling through my, my mouth and I could drop my heart rate five or six uh, beats per minute just by nasal breathing. And so I'm a huge, huge fan of it. And uh, I don't know where that, that application is gonna go because um, th there's a lot, of, there's a, so in that industry that she's in, there's a lot of ins and outs and it connects to dental and orthodontics and all this stuff. Um, but I just know that I wake up more refreshed when I actually keep that mouth tape closed and breathe through my nose and I am not stuffed up anymore. And it's amazing. That's that's awesome. That's the most unique tip we've gotten so far. Yeah. You're going to have a whole new following of mouth tapers. <laughs> well, you know, if you do, I'd love feedback. I can even, I don't even know what kind of tape you use. It's, it's Jill's. And so uh, I'll, I'll try to find out what it is because I don't want yeah, people duct taping their mouth shut. There's like, this yeah. stuff comes on and off pretty easy, but it, it but it works. So, um, but yeah, yeah, thanks for that during question. The first, during the first week though, um, of like sleeping with your mouth tape shut, I know like I've like tried earplugs and like just things, if I, if I fall asleep with gum in my mouth, I find like mm -hmm. it's in my hand or I panic and I wake up and I rip the earplugs out. So were you doing that with the tape? Like out of curiosity, do you like rip it off at night? I was having, I was having, like, it was more of a mental problem having trouble breathing and I was over breathing. And this is a big thing that happens in, in her industry is this over breathing. And I wasn't confidently thinking I was getting enough air. And so I was freaking out a little bit. And so it took me time to realize like, oh, just calm down. You're gonna, your nose, your, your body knows how to not die. I mean, come on. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, you, there will be some sort of like adrenaline or endorphin rush and it'll open up the, the, the not the vessels, but it'll open up the airway a little bit. And that's how you're supposed to breathe. And so um, same thing with like going into ketosis, your body has mechanisms of not dying. And so, uh, but yeah, there's a little bit of that. And it's also just annoying at some point you're like, you feel like you're not getting a proper breath and then you just rip it off in the middle of your sleep or something like that. But I got used to it. But yeah, there is a little bit of that. It was more like a mental get over the fact that right. uh, your body knows how to breathe through its nose. But if you're crazy, crazy plugged up and a shot of Tabasco doesn't help, then maybe tonight's not the night to do it. So <laughs> okay. you know. this has been awesome, Mike. Uh, hey, thank where you. can they find you? You got priceplow.com. You got the YouTube channel. Yeah, so everything is Priceplow. Uh, I, I guess I would like some feedback from people. Like this is my first time doing this and I really have kind of hidden behind the Priceplow brand. There's there's not a whole lot going on with me personally. And so I, I'm really not sure I, like what to do with my own life, but everything's been Priceplow. Twitter, Instagram, 
we kind of have a few guys on YouTube, all price plow, you're going to see a lot of supplement reviews, a lot of the, the, the bro stuff with CJ. He's got his tattoos and he's awesome, awesome, awesome YouTube uh, personality. But all of our videos are not going to be keto stuff. And mm -hmm. so know that, know that going in. And I really... Uh, super appreciate all the shout outs and having me on because I know you have a great following. You guys are doing awesome things. Um, when I do get sick of the foods I'm eating, I'm, I'm looking for your recipes because, uh, you know, a lot of people, they got to go to keto. They look for recipes. Knowing me, I look for supplements and that's why I went in my direction. But I'm already starting to see that, uh, like it's the fat bombs and stuff like that. You guys are doing such awesome things. Um, and you're, and you're, you're, you're preaching the good word. And I really think that this is something that people need to at least be aware of that there's an alternative fuel source and you guys are providing that. And it's so, thank you so much for everything you do. I wish I could have been there with you from the start, really. I, I'm embarrassed to say I wasn't. So uh, I we really appreciate, appreciate coming um, on. You're our go-to go supplement guy now. We definitely have need to have you on again in the future. Give okay. us some more time, newer supplements. Maybe we'll try the exogenous ketones again. We can talk about that. I'm gonna make sure, yeah, I'm gonna send you a care package because I, I really appreciate going on here. And I look, I have this whole like setup of stuff over here. I have too many things. So, uh, <laughs> and so I'm gonna get your address and everything and then you don't have to say anything don't have to do any shout outs but i want you to play with some of these uh that flavored mct uh one yeah i have some some soy lecithin granules that i use there's a muscle building kind of thing behind that and oh, i'm wow. going to send you these to see if you can maybe make something taste better with them so uh yeah. awesome. it's only 10 bucks so I, I, we're gonna yeah i'm gonna get you something good so i really appreciate it thank you so much awesome. all right thanks, thanks so much, everyone Mike. take care bye welcome to price plow Okay. Woo. That was great. <laughs> Thank that you. Was, that was fun. I'm sorry if I like go on and ramble and rant oh, a bit. That but. Was I love that. Fantastic. <laughs>